In this episode, we're going to do a little down and dirty on birder phones and how you can use them. Things have changed a little bit on where you can get them, how easy they are to get, what you can do with regular cell phones. But questions do come up on occasion about burner phones, how to use them correctly, because they can be tracked like any cell phone. It doesn't make them any less secure than any other cell phone. It's how you use them that matters, not the fact that they're a burner phone or any other cell phone. So that's what we're going to talk about right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. A lot of things like burner phone are so easily misunderstood. We, we treat it like burner phone's a thing, like you can go buy a burner phone. And why I even speak that way, it's not something that really exists. It's a cell phone. How we use it is what makes it a burner. You can do this with any form of communication. That's a one-off situation, just like we talked about on my live show about ciphers. You can change those all the time. But with a piece of electronics, you got to be willing to spend the money and burn it, meaning you use it once and you throw it away. That's the catch. For it to be really effective, you're only using it one time. That's for the most high-end security. Now, that doesn't mean you can't use it more than once, but every time you use it, it's less and less secure. And if you're going to use it more than once, then you might as well use your own cell phone. The other thing is, why do people have burner phones? Well, there's a lot of reasons for them. Criminals have used them for a long time. Terrorists use them. Cell networks are a little bit different over there. In the Middle East where we have terrorists, they have different types of networks, different types of companies they use. They're not the companies like Verizon and AT&T in America. Things are a little bit different. It's very common for them to have cell phones that when we find them, we can't even buy them in the Western world anymore. They're older. They very easily can switch SIM cards in and out more and more with the advent of smartphones in the Western world and anywhere that you can buy them. It's more and more difficult, especially with like an Apple phone, to take it apart and pull the SIM card out. Whereas with older cell phones, you just pop the back off where the battery is and replace the SIM card. So one of the things you can do is understand how it's meant to be used, but there's actually more than one way. Simple enough as it is, you used to be able to just about go anywhere and buy a cell phone. Now, you can buy them in a lot of places now, but a lot of malls just don't have them. But they were just cheap cell phones that would have prepaid cards that didn't cost a lot. And now more and more, they cost more money, whereas 10 years ago, they might have been 20 bucks. Some of them cost a lot more now because they can raise those prices in comparison to a $1,000 smartphone. And then you get the prepaid card that goes with them. So to follow the most secure route, which it really depends on the person, the situation, why you would need it, the most secure route is one, you buy it in cash. Two, you buy it in a place you don't visit regularly. Three, you do something simple like make sure you're buying it from a place that has a minimal amount of cameras and preferably even if you do something as simple as wear different clothes than you normally wear, hat and sunglasses, maybe you change your hair or something a little bit, that might be enough to pick up a phone. It's not that hard to do. Now, that's assuming you need to go that far. Now, the thing with that phone is, assuming it's a phone that's prepaid that you can't mess with the SIM card on, one of the things to simple do is just leave it as is. What you need to do with that phone when you're ready to use it is one of the things is a lot of them used to come pre-charged with a certain amount of battery life. I don't know how much battery life they have now, and I don't know that you're going to need to charge it or not. But one of the things you need to assume is that if you're going to have to charge it, probably, depending on the phone you bought, it might connect to the systems right away. It might not be set up to where you have to go in and decide whether or not you want to connect to a cell network. Older cell phones, for those that don't remember or too young to remember, when you plugged them in, they wouldn't power on like a smartphone. They would just charge the battery. You actually had to turn the phone on. So if you can find a phone like that, 
doesn't power on unless you turn it on, but we'll charge the battery. That's even better. But if you don't know, assume that you probably are turning it on and connecting to a network. The thing is, wherever you're charging it is where you need to use it. At which point you charge it enough, you make your one call, and then you discard the phone, meaning you physically break the phone and you throw it away. Now, an upgrade to this situation is if you can change SIM cards and you can get SIM cards. Now, the other thing about SIM cards is you need to try to buy them in person the same way. You can order them off the internet for a lot of older phones, but those are going to be tracked depending on where they're from. If you're buying from a private person, you don't know if they've used that card before, whether or not they've set it. So there's all kinds of data and information on that. So you preferably want a new one, but then it's a question of when you buy online, it's tracked to that seller and can be tracked back to you as the most likely person or somebody you know who've used that phone. That's why you want to have SIM cards in person. Then with SIM cards, if the phone works that way, you can simply pop the battery out and change the SIM cards. You can do multiple things, like you can have several SIM cards and burn a SIM card every time. Another option is to have multiple SIM cards that you only use in specified locations. Some of the things terrorists do, aside from changing your SIM cards, is they don't just do it as a burner. Sometimes they change their SIM card based on where they're at. So when they're using this phone, because some of them have several of the same type of phone, but they can change the cards. So they have a card they tend to use at their house for their personal phone. Whether they're trying to be tracked or just want to keep it like they haven't done anything else but stayed at home, that's what they use those cards for. It's a little bit more dangerous, but they do that sometimes. Then they put a different card in and sometimes go to a different location if they're smart and use that to contact the bad guys doing bad things. So it really takes a little bit of pre-planning. The thing to understand about any burner object, as we would call it, is it means it's meant to be one-time use. You obtain it, you prepare it, if needed to be prepared to be used in the same place you're going to use it, you use it briefly, and then you discard it. Now, that's not to say you can't sit there and have a two-hour phone conversation or that you can't just shut it down. You can do that, but I'm thinking more of the aspect of what it's really for is meant to be used quickly and abruptly and discarded. But something you can do. You get this burner phone. Let's say you can't change the SIM card. But you could go to a place like the mall where you bought it. You can be in the parking lot. You can make your phone call. Whatever you need to do it for. And let's say you need an alternative phone number away from your regular pattern of life that you can use. No problem. Then what you do, you power the phone off and you pull the battery out. And then you just leave it as is. Next time you need to use the phone, you go to the same general area. So you're pinging off the same towers. You don't want to always pull in the parking lot at the mall or some business that probably has security cameras because over time you can be tracked that way where they can see a repetitive pattern that this so-and-so has always been in there. But all you have to do is look up where those towers are. There's places on the internet you can look and try to identify where cell towers are and figure out how they ping to what, which ones you connect to. And this can be a very big deal, especially in a big city. Because with a big city, you may have multiple towers, but people move a little bit. So you can stay in the same general area. Whereas if you get more remote, you may only have one tower. And then the question is, how big of an area does that cover? So maybe one's more secure, maybe one's not. It really depends on your situation. But the nice thing about the burner phone is that you can use it in that manner to track your movement or minimize tracking of your movement instead of just using it like you're pretending like you're a spy or something. So there's people out there that I've talked to, one particular woman who was dealing with a lot of stuff didn't have enough money all the time to get a lawyer, had a current husband trying to make him an ex-husband with 
violence, abuse, these types of things that she was on the run from. So one of the things we had her do was get the burner phone, but it was a burner that meant it was only going to be used in one location. She would travel an hour and a half to two hours to another town in another area that would be no way in connection to her that made it very difficult for her to be found, even if the guy hired a PI or somebody that knew how to track that phone. She would go there in the area, power the phone up, and then talk to him when she needed to talk to him. Have her argument, have her conversation, whatever it is. Turn the phone off, pull the battery out. And of course, when she turned it on, you know, she'd have voicemails, but she never listened to them. And then she would drive back home. And then she would never power that phone up, never put the battery in unless she was in that location. Just to protect herself. And the thing is, the location was big enough that she would be able to figure out by simple surveillance of where she would go, say, park in this parking lot in front of this building. The next time she'd pick a different location where she could see that location. She would also make the times infrequent and no pattern. And then they were very minimal. So there was time to see whether or not somebody had been in that area, not to mention she had an assistant with her. I'll call him an assistant. A person that was aware who the individual was that was probably violent might be looking for. They would go there using different vehicles at times, go there early, look for the vehicle and the individual to make sure it was safe to her to be in the area. So they took many extra security measures. But the part about the phone that matters, it was there so that she could use it like a burner. It wasn't a one-time thing. She could use it repetitively and only be tracked to one location so that she would be more protective. Now, at the end of the day, it all worked out. She's away and fine. That's all I know about the situation. And I hope that this cell phone situation helped her. But her biggest fear was being found. And so that's why we did that. So the phones can be used in many different ways. Just like I think I talked about before, I couldn't remember who it was. It was the Amish. I'd saw in a documentary, but this guy that was Amish that had an office just because of cell phone tracking technology and not when people bring around technology, the phone they had, they only turned on when they needed to use it and never left the building or like 10 feet of the exit side of that building. That's the same idea how you use it. So it doesn't have to be the whole cool spy guy thing. It's just a simple way to have a form of communication that can be locked down to one location, but with the right amount of checking surveillance, making sure you're not creating patterns keeping it infrequent, very infrequent, then you're able to use it in a safe manner in order not to get found. Now, that being said, for those of you that are listening to this, on the week of March 23rd, this Sunday, on my 6 o'clock Pacific Time YouTube show, Grayman Concepts, you can look that up on YouTube, same symbols you see on this podcast, wherever you're listening, you will find my show this Sunday is going to be on pattern analysis. It has to do with how we look at patterns of life when we follow terrorists to figure out things about them to make assessments and judgments on what we can do to stop them or apprehend them. But to take that concept and using this example I'm talking about here, we're going to look at our own patterns and say, which patterns do I need to keep that make sense? And there's a lot of reasons why you'd want to keep them. Which patterns are bad and how do I break them? How do I change them? How do I make it not as noticeable to too many people in order to have a little more safety and security in my life? We're taking the concept of mixing a little bit of counterintelligence activities by looking at some counter-surveillance options and we're taking those big cool words and putting them into our everyday normal life and saying, here's what I need to do with patterns. Now, if things go well, depending on his schedule, I might have Luke the cop on there, which would be great because there's things he's going to know about that. But if not, when I get him on at a later date, we'll definitely revisit this subject. So the biggest thing is the patterns. If you're going to have a pattern, 
because you're going to use something more than once. There's a pattern. Make it only in one location. Keep it infrequent. And that's how burner phones work. I know this is short and to the point, but it's actually very simple. Just something that's come up again. I just thought I would address it, and I hope that you appreciate it. So don't forget to check the show notes. I got some links down there for you. You can check out Disagreeable Thoughts, Philosophies, and DMR Publications, as well as DMRPublications.com. Don't forget to check out our Intel training page on Locals, where you can get some free Intel training and advice. We've been focusing heavily on OSINSORT lately. I'm starting to get into some more other stuff here in the near future. Most of the stuff on there is for free. If you want to see the videos or listen to the audio podcast, it's $2 a month. And I'm going to start creating more of those, and then we'll see where that goes. So I hope you've enjoyed this show. Please leave a comment. Tell me if you've ever used a phone like this before, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, any of our social media, or even on this podcast, wherever you're at. Have you used a burner phone before? Have you thought about this? What do you think is the best way to do it? Is there a reason why you wouldn't do it? Let us know in the notes or the comments, wherever you're at. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again for you shortly, right here on Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight.